Boom. What what do we say? Here we are. No, here we are again. That's what you always say. Here we say. are again. All it's right. like the same sentence, you know, just like, you know, why have a legit intro when you just say the same thing at the beginning of the audio anyway? Yeah. Well, it's not like we have a script. That that little thing that we read that says, welcome to it. Okay, I'll bite. You know, that's, that's just organic. That just comes yeah. out every single what time we start an episode. What are you talking about? We don't have a script. <laughs> no, this, we this, don't have a script. This show is so unplanned. Like, the only two parts that are even remotely planned are... Uh, the whole like part where we talk about what episode it is and the outro like that's literally it everything else is i think planned like five minutes before the actual episode which is funny yeah we we throw spitballs at a wall and then just kind of sometimes we get to all of them most of the time we get to one of them um because we're both notoriously rambly that'd be great if we had someone on this podcast that could like moderate like a referee that could like, all right, you're out of time, or like a like a debate referee. You know what I mean? Like you're out of time. It's we're moving to the next topic, moving things on. Um, this and is we just like... and we, we treat it like an actual debate. We just shout over them, and <laughs> yeah, and ignore no, the yeah, end like, of the time. He's just sitting there like whoa, 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 and we're just like continuing <laughs> to scream like, what do you mean you use TypeScript? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is what I would definitely have a fit over. Um, anyways. Do you want to read the intro? I mean, <clears throat> organically uh, state the intro. Hello, and welcome to OK I'll Bite, episode 10. This episode will release on finals week of fall 2021. Uh, I'm your host, Matei, and I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron. Hi. Uh, last week, we kind of took a break because reasons. Uh, we, it was a totally planned break, believe me. But uh, in exchange for last week not having an episode, we decided to do a one-hour special where we just go on a massive tangents because it's finals week. And during finals week, everyone needs, you know, escape from the consistent crunch studying one hour before the 24-hour open notes exam. So, you know, we, we kind of need that in our lives sometimes. So, yeah, anything we can do to distract from the, the brutal reality of finals week is uh, no. steps that we will take. Um, how are your finals, sir? That was exactly what I was about to ask you. But my finals. Well, are... here actually, let me let me answer that first. Then, since mine will be faster, uh, I don't have any finals. <laughs> oh. right, pa- passing it back to you. <laughs> I'm chilling. Oh. My vacation started early. Uh, um. But how are your finals? <laughs> okay, so you know how when you like plan your quarter like you know when you have on webridge and you look over your various courses like you know oh, this doesn't like, sound good for the final exams yeah okay like, okay here's the thing though 75 percent of my classes are effectively remote so i have to plan them out in such a way as to account for all the 24-hour period of exams that, that we have you know so here's the issue right uh, one of my courses does not have a final exam it just has a final project which can take, you know, anywhere from three hours to forever, though it'll probably take three hours. One of my other courses actually has a quote-unquote in-person final exam in the definition that it is remote, but it is still taken at the same time as others, like as the calendar. Mm. But the other two courses have 24-hour exams over the period of like finals week with like, you know, Canvas quizzes or whatever. And one of them is technically not even over 24 hours. It's technically over four days, and it is an essay. So I literally, like, the calendar makes no sense. Like, I'm trying to plan out, like, what I'm going to do to leave, like, to, like, for the holidays to my family over, like, the winter break. And I can't do that because all of my finals week is just this continuous blob of I am potentially or maybe or maybe not doing my essay slash homework slash project slash exam. So I don't know. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, for, it's someone, just be for this, someone like you, yeah, stupid thing. not having the the windows is going to be a little difficult. Mm. Um, you have to create them. You have to be the one. Be the change you want to see in the world. No, what ends up happening is I wake up like on the day of the exam like super early, and I sit there like crunching, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what else to study. And then when I say that, I'm like, okay, you know what, screw this. And I just click the start button and yeah. you know, whatever happens, happens. And then in the middle of the exam, I inevitably find out that I messed up something because I forgot to study this thing. And then, yeah. God, <laughs> did I tell the story about my math 20E final like a couple of quarters ago? 
You um, probably did not. I probably did not. Okay. Well, I can tell the story. It is a long one. So, and we do. Well, I guess it's a long episode, right? We can go on one hour, tangents. baby. Let's go. All right. Go All on right. the tangent. Here we go. Don't worry. I'm practiced, so I can get through a lot of this pretty quickly. Okay. So, first quarter. Um, yeah, way back in a million years ago, uh, 2019 of uh, fall, and I'm taking four math classes because I transferred in as a math major off of the wait list in like July. Um, I thought to myself as I was joining UCSD, I've never had a 4.0 in my life uh, because I have terrible work ethic. And people look down on me because of that. So I'm going to try and get a 4.0 this year, like this quarter. I don't even care about like getting a 4.0 at UCSD, but like I just want to prove, you know, for the for the first quarter that I'm here that it's possible. That you I, can. Yeah, I, I want yeah. my transcript to say 4.0. Um, you know, taking... It, what is essentially like one, you know, math 20 E and three math upper divs. Um, what I found out was that the three math upper divs were easy as hell. Math 20 E was difficult for me. Um, I'm, I'm not very good at calculus. Multivariable calculus is my weakest subject in math by far. Um, and I, I like when I was in junior college, I would have to like study I spent like 80 hours in the quarter in just like their math center because they time how long you spend. And they're like, uh, you spent 80 hours in here. I'm like, why would you tell me that? I don't want to hear that. I know that. Okay. I feel that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I had to work so hard um, just to be able to pass those stupid classes. And then when I came here, um, I un unfortunately had to do the same thing. I, I did not get a free pass. I remember the first midterms came around and that was like a wake up call for me. I was like, oh, God, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I have to study, <laughs> like study, study. Like, uh, OK, so I I was on track to not get an A in this 20E class. And I, I studied so hard for I didn't study for the first midterm and I kind of just, you know, whiffed it. So whatever. I studied really, really, really hard for the second midterm. And I still I did better. I did better, but I didn't do great. And I like, mm -hmm. I was, I literally had this like breakdown of like, I visited the TA and this poor, poor man, uh, who does not get paid enough to do what he does has to just sit there and listen to me tearfully explain that I didn't understand how I could have possibly worked harder for this. <laughs> and I got like a, a, a B or a C or something. I don't remember. Um, mm -hmm. and <laughs> like, I remember he, he was so unequipped to deal with me. He was just like, have you tried studying harder? <laughs> I'm like. I hate oh. you so much. Oh. <laughs> uh, I go to take the final. And the way that I practiced for this final um, is I finally just pulled out all the stops and did like the logical conclusion, which was um, take all of the practice program uh, problems that um, this professor had ever given me and put them in like a mock exam, you know, but not just like a normal mock exam, like literally... I copied their stupid LaTeX templates so that the exam looked indistinguishable from the real one. Um, <laughs> like, because I, I believe sincerely that even, like, the smallest details can make a difference when you're practicing for an exam. Like, any amount of, like, cognitive load you can reduce when you're taking the real thing is, like, an advantage to you. I swear by it. And I, I've done this before for, like, really hard exams. And I, I still do it for really hard exams. So I'm going into this test... Um, having literally done six tests just like it. So it's a three-hour final, um, and it's six questions. No, never mind. It's it's a three-hour final, it's 15 questions. Six would have been the same number of questions, but it was 15 pages uh, and 15 vector calculus questions, which if you've ever taken vector calculus, you know is an obscene ask, you know, to be able yep. to do that many questions in three hours yeah um but i don't know like i the the stars aligned for me i was my brain was like running at 99 percent. i had vietnamese coffee next to me i i was going <laughs> so hard on this i finished <laughs> those 15 questions in like maybe one and a half hours and damn but 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 the detail i wanted to share here was um at the start of the exam i pull out my padfolio and, and I take my exam on the padfolio. And the reason I'm taking the exam on the padfolio is because 
uh, the, this is one of those rooms where the desks are like puny and useless. You know, like there's literally not mm -hmm. enough space on the little wooden fold around. Yeah, so you need an extra write. table. You need, yeah. So, so I put the petfolio and then write on that because it's the size of paper, right? Um, the professor is walking around the room and looks at me and says, you can't have that out. And I'm like, the, the, the padfolio? Like, yeah, no, you can't have that out. I'm like, okay. Bro. He's like, I'm going to have to take it. But that's my table. Yeah, that's literally what I'm writing on. He's like, uh, I'm going to take it. I'm like, okay. So he like takes it, you know, he's like looking it over, you know, folding it in and out, looking between the cracks or whatever, looking for, I don't know, cheats. And he's just, he takes it to the front of the room. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I finish the exam. I bring it up to him. I hand it over. And then I start walking out the door and I'm like, ah, wait, no. Okay. So then I go back. I'm the first one done. Uh, but I, I go back and I'm like, oh, do you have my pet folio? And he's like, yeah, I've got your pet folio. And he hands me my pet folio. He's like, uh, don't bring it again. I'm like, I'll never see you again. No, I didn't say that, but I, I uh, you wish you did. You wish you did, though. Uh, yeah. So this is I like, left. This is one of those things. This is one of those things where you're like, you, you have that like one encounter with a person, and then you're like in the shower two years later, and you randomly remember the encounter, and you're like, oh my god, I could have said that, and it would have been so badass <laughs> slash smooth slash oh, whatever. I I thought it there. I thought it there, but um, oh, you know, he hadn't graded my nice. exam yet, so I didn't say it. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. Respect, um, respect. Anyways, I I walk out the room, and this is in like Mandeville basement, so I'm like in some metal steel concrete corridor or whatever uh, that could be anywhere on campus never mind anyway i walk up the stairs and out of my pad folio just falls this huge stack of papers and i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> uh so i go and look at these papers it's my mock exams that i had printed um, I had roughly like 20 to 30 pages of mock exam questions with the solutions written on them in my pad folio while I was taking that exam. I had forgotten about them and they looked oh. indistinguishable to the actual exam. Um, and so if the professor had found these, they were like just put stored normally in the pad folder. Like they weren't hidden. They were just stored normally inside of it. If he had figured out how to like find them, I definitely would have been written up for AI, uh, which oh. by the way, for those in AI, uh, that stands for academic integrity, not uh, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. Like, cause like if you see like practice, actually never mind yeah yeah it's literally just answers to questions yeah never mind that yeah. would be ai yeah but especially since okay, a lot of those were literally on the final and that's why i finished it so quickly yeah i literally I mean, just forgot about it i wasn't trying to cheat but yeah that that was the time uh aaron almost got big in trouble uh for no reason because he's a dunce <laughs> i legit thought i legit thought for a second there that out fell the papers and you looked at them and it was the other people's final exams that you I mean, just poached away from the teacher. I mean, I know you finished first. I realized immediately afterwards, but I was thinking, like, it would have been so funny if it was just somebody else's finals in that portfolio that he put in there for some reason. <laughs> so to wrap this all up, to bring the story to a close, what do you think my final score on the final and in the class was? I'm going to say in the final, it was, like, I won't say a hundred because you know not even I can say I can take a hundred in a class or a, an exam. So I'll say like a ninety-seven, and you got an A minus in the course. That would have been a beautiful end to the story. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, so no. I I got a ninety-nine on the final. I missed Ooh. one point. One point. I missed one point. Oh. My final score in the class eighty-nine point nine seven. They put a no. B on my transcript. No. <laughs> yeah. That uh, is. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Total like off the cuff tangent. Um, but that that's a fun story. Uh, I I don't have any fun finals week stories to share for this quarter, but I at least have that one. Um. So moral of the story. Uh. Do well on your first midterms and final like the not, the entire course is not the final generally for nope, most cases it is not so which it, i no, appreciate 
I, I appreciate that too. I, my high school was like this weird charter collegiate thing that like made it so that 80% of your grade in the class was just the final. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> yeah, that was basically uh, my high school. It yeah. was more or less just like one or two exams that mattered and nothing else did, which I did not like at all. But uh, I have one, like I don't have any funny finals week stories. Like I don't Those have Those are like, rare, I'll you, admit. Yeah, no, it's not like I don't have funny ones. I just have sad ones. But they're like <laughs> Schadenfreude like ones, right? Like you can you can laugh at my expense for how terrible my finals weeks were. So I don't know. My first finals week was I guess the funniest because I fell asleep during my exams and I still passed. Uh but that that's just the matter of me having this like personal like uh like principle of not leaving the exam early ever but bear in mind this was math 20a and i did math 20a material like three years earlier in high school and i was fresh out of the final like high school exam that i take which straight up tested the exact materials math 20a b and c covered so they were fresh in my mind so i literally just like when i took the 20a final i like fell asleep in the middle of it and then i went out and i still got an 100 because i finished it in like 30 minutes but that, that's you know like that's not fair because it's just ucsd not letting me skip courses which you know is a classic that's uh, a classic ucsd move i mean i clearly i clearly need to take csc 11 that's that's very obvious to anyone that knows me that i desperately <laughs> need to take csc 11 because because ucsd seems to think so yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's like my only finals week. The worst finals week I had by far was last quarter. And not even because it was necessarily hard. Because I wouldn't say it was. It was bad because of the pandemic. Yeah. So when you say because last like, quarter, you mean spring? Yeah, spring. I didn't take any summer session courses. Gotcha. I don't because I like my summer vacation. You know, I like having three months of uninterrupted entertainment. That's so weird. I, I don't understand that. You don't just work all the time. Oh. Weekends are just another opportunity to work. I was really tempted to take summer session courses looking at how everyone else I knew at UCSD did. Like everyone else, right? But yeah. I, I, I ended up just going like, you know what? No, I have an internship I, I've never oh, yeah. taken Jeez. courses during the summer. I'm not doing this. So I just, I, I said, no, I mean, you, you said all you need to, you're taking an internship. You can, you can take some time off. You don't need to, you don't need to do that to yourself. I tried. I tried. Yeah. I tried to do the internship in classes. I was like, nope, dropping, <laughs> not happening. Nice. But, uh, anyway, so what happened during the last finals week was I had a standard course load. I had like, I think like 20 units. I'm not sure. Something like that. Nothing too crazy. I didn't have like, you know, 22 or like the maximum amount. I think I had 16 or 18. Don't remember. Anyway, I didn't have the maximum amount, right? I just had a fairly standard course load with still like, still like on the teetering edge of stuff in CS I knew from high school. So I was still like pretty okay. And I had a bunch of GE. So it was a relatively simple finals week. The problem really was quarantine. Now, bear in mind, this is with the context of me not having gone to bed before 11 a.m., 11 p.m. in months, right? Yeah. So this was, like, seriously dying Matei. Like, seriously, like, like not okay and not healthy Matei. And Saturday before finals week starts, I start prepping my schedule and stuff. And according to the syllabus, my, Phil 20, my poly 27 final was on Monday. So I had Sunday as a full day of study. And, you know, a day of break as well, right? Yes. And then I, you know, I chill out. I sort of keep going. And then Sunday, 5 p.m. rolls over and I get this Canvas notification that tells me that a submission has been posted. Uh, sorry, a quiz has been posted. Final exam. Oh. Now, mind you, it was very clear in the syllabus and not mentioned in lecture at all that they would post the exam on Sunday. The syllabus said Monday. But they just did it on Sunday, and the deadline was 24 hours after, so it was literally just 5 p.m. next day, and by the way, 5 p.m. next day was actually the final time for our exam. So literally, the window for the final was not at all 
where the final exam was in the WebReg calendar. So right. again, scheduling fun. So essentially, I was like, oh no, I have to do this like right now, right? Like I have to take this <laughs> exam like right now. Otherwise, I'm just going to not do it tomorrow because I'll be dead. And I just started the, doing the exam, not at 5 p.m., but fairly later. And the exam was annoying. Like it was not oh, hard, no. but it was annoying. It had a bunch of short answer questions that I had to do all around. And it was just a pain. So th- bear in mind that this took so long, I went to bed at 6 a.m. <laughs> so I went to bed when the sun rose up. And then I wake up the next day after a solid five hours of sleep at 11 a.m. And I check my schedule. I'm like, all right, I finished the final. This sucks. I could sleep more, but let's see what work I have to do. And then I look at my to-do list and I see CSE 110. Now I'm not going to get into a 110 rant because this is just, <laughs> this is just what everyone likes to do. Uh, Powell, uh, thank you for the knowledge. Uh, I don't thank you for the course though. Uh, all I can say is that course's project was like being crammed in the middle of finals week. And I was doing so much work that I could not afford to take more than five hours of sleep. So because of the Phil 28 final, I literally could not afford to not go to bed at 6 a.m. every day. So I had to push myself to go to bed at 6 a.m. every day while doing my stuff Holy nonstop crap. for five consecutive days from Sunday to Friday. And then on Friday, after I finished my last exam at 8 p.m., I shut down my computer. I and had a nice down. cup of milk and cereal. I brushed my teeth. I went to bed. And I don't remember going to bed. I just remember the Windows XP shutdown effect in my brain <laughs> and then the Windows XP boot up effect in my brain. And apparently it was 14 hours later and I still yeah, felt yeah. bad. Like I still felt like I needed to sleep. So then I, I, I keep going I keep going for the day. You know, everyone around me is like, yo, we finished our finals. Let's go. Summer's here, whatever. My parents are like, yo, congrats. And I'm sitting there like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Yeah. And then also on Saturday night, I also similarly die again, and then I sleep 16 hours. And then on Sunday, I finally return to my regularly scheduled eight hours of sleep. And yes. then I have to, and then the, the bad part is that uh, I had to start prepping for moving, but that was a different story. <sighs> yeah, I love that. I love that stream of just going straight from finals to now append your life and move. That's always my favorite part of spring quarter. Um, mm. I'm going to get to do that. Which is doubly annoying because I literally just finished moving in now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like moving out again in like eight months. Anyways, uh, that bites. I I don't remember my... I think the worst finals week I had was the one I just mentioned with Math20E in it. Not because of Math20E, although that was definitely a stressor. Um, honestly, the other finals have been more or less carefree. Although I will say... A huge contributor to that was quarantine um, because exorbitant pass-no-pass flexibility. (laughs) I actually had, uh, I did not use my PNP because I needed to. Like, I didn't use PNP at all because out of principle, like, I take letter grades because I know, like, it will nuke my GPA if I take any GE that, like, you know, has a bad TA or something like that. But I don't use PNP because, like, I don't want to like cheat. I don't know. To me, it seems like cheating to get out of a letter grade. But I did use one PNP and I used it out of principle and it was for CSE 110. <laughs> I, and here's the thing though. I got an A in that class. Like I did, right? Like I checked the grade and everything afterwards, like the percentage. But I did not want to allow Powell like the ability to modify my gpa like i just didn't even want to allow that to happen and you just hadn't reached that level of trust yet yeah no i was just like no i'm sorry you ruined my finals week uh the entire quarter generally like i learned nothing no sorry buddy i'm gonna have to take a pmp on that and it was i saw that p and i was like you know what i feel good i deserve this you do you do deserve that um congratulations this year sounds like it's going to be a little bit easier, though. Um, you don't have too much this week that's going to kill you like spring. Yes, I'm done talking about finals. Let's. I'm done talking state. about finals. It's enough. But uh, here's the beauty of it: is we're here. We are at 27 minutes, roughly. 
Uh, okay, it's only actually only 26 minutes. Anyway, uh, here we are, and we've talked about finals for a while. But the beauty of this episode is that we're just going to keep going. There's just more to talk about. No intermissions. Yes. Um, there's there's more more shenanigans to uncover. Wait, wait, no, actually, actually, okay. this episode was sponsored by. Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. We haven't been paid. Um, although, yeah, no. by the way, if anyone would like to sponsor us, uh, my Venmo is at Aaron James Eason, all one word. Feel free to you know, send me send me one cent. I'll give you a shout out. Um, use Aaron's Venmo. Don't use mine. <laughs> yeah, please, please, for the love of God, don't use mine. <laughs> no, mine. Okay, mine literally does not work. Like, I can send money through Venmo. Like, I can send money, but what it actually does is it charges my card and takes that money and sends it to the person on Venmo because Venmo decided to go like, you know what? You seem like a illegal foreigner to me. Show me your identification. And I have identification, right? So I give them my social security number and then they're like, no, 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 no. We need a government-issued state ID. And I, and I clarify on Venmo support, do you mean state ID or any ID? And they said, no, 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 state ID. And I said, okay, but I don't have one. And they're like, oh, well. Yeah, and, you don't get to use it. And the worst part is people keep sending me money through Venmo because they're like, oh. It's you can't catch Venmo you, anyway. You've got a I nest egg in there. <laughs> I have a hundred and something dollars of Venmo money that I just can't use or pull or send. Like, I literally can't use it in any capacity. And it's just sitting there tantalizing me. <laughs> Get your identification. Yeah. The <sighs> ID requirements are sometimes a little bit silly. Like, the real ID thing that you have to get in order to be, um, or, or in order to fly domestically without your passport. Um, real ID. Yeah, real ID. Um, yeah. That process is annoying because you have to do all the same things you have to do to get your passport, which is like you have to have two documents verifying your home address. But that, okay, I'm a college student. I've literally lived in like 10 different houses in the past 10 years. I have, <laughs> yeah, and I haven't paid for like the utility bill on any of them, you know? So they all disagree about where I live. All these documents disagree about where I live. The alternative is that you can get your parents but they have this ridiculous rule about how your parents need to have the same last name as you and also be provably related. The provably yeah. related makes sense. But my parents both, you know, remarried and they both have different last names. And so now if you want to use their documents to prove your home address, not only do you need their documents that they would need to get their passport, now you need like the documents that certify that their names have changed. Every name change that has occurred. You know, oh. my, my mom's renamed, remarried like uh, twice. So I, I've got to like get all the, it's in, literally, I cannot get real ID. It's so, it bothers me so much. <laughs> okay, I have, I had a much easier time. I had a much easier time. All I had to do, like, all I had to do was go to the DMV and like pass my passport and stuff. Like, okay, I definitely had a much easier time, but I, damn. They Sorry, they let man. you they let you use your passport because I could just renew my passport. That's easier. No they, no basically no I have like, uh, so I, I went to get my driver's license anyway right and yeah. the two documents of residence was one of them was my uh, lease, and the other was my credit card bill. Mm, and gotcha. Boy did I fight tooth and nail to get both of those. I'm talking literally months long delays on signing the lease and also the amount of effort I had to do to get any bank to be like, look, I just need a credit card. I will pay it off for the love of God. Please just give me a card that I can use so that I can get a statement so that I can get my damn identification. Yeah. And it took so long. They're like, no, no, but, but like, but like credit score. And I'm like, dude, I don't care about the credit score. Just, nah. just give me my card. I want some other documents, please. I'm not even going to use their card. Like it's just there for like, you know, history yeah. purposes. Yeah. I mean, you can just get a secured card. It's where you pay $500 and they give you a $500. No one would take me credit. because no what? one would take no one would take me with a secured credit card because I'm a weird international person. What? So like they're like mean, no. They're just like you're offering to give them $500 for a card that does not have more than $500 worth of credit on it. Like it's I, I don't know. It pissed me off. Yeah. Holy crap. I did not realize that uh, things are 
Yeah, it's IDs, credit, you know. I say if you live off the grid, um, there's no problem. You'll never run into these kinds of issues. Um, nice. you know that you know that meme that's like uh is your back sore from working on your desk here's some potential solutions get up walk out into the woods never to be seen again <laughs> <laughs> nice it, uh, i agree it, it tempts me every day i have a fun story i went to a concert um Ooh, yes i so i mean it was like a 20 dollar concert um to go see george clanton who very few people will know who that is. I think they have like, you know, a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand listeners on Spotify, like monthly or whatever. So like, it's a pretty low key act. It was great, by the way. The The music was awesome. Um, and nice. it had a very good vibe. Everyone was very chill. Lots of things happened. So, but I wasn't originally going to go to this concert at all. Um, what happened is I got an email being like, hey, uh, you're going to the George Clanton concert, right? And I'm like, uh, why would I go to the George Clanton concert? And he's like, because you bought tickets. And I'd be like, I haven't bought tickets for any concert since before the pandemic. And they're like, yeah, that's the one. It's just been postponed. And so this is like a concert that I bought tickets for like two years ago. And mm. it's just been postponed <laughs> until now. And, and wow. shockingly, shockingly, I can still go. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything else to do. How about I get in my car today and drive an hour and a half to LA to go to this concert? Like, why not? You know? So I, I grab a friend and we go, I drive an hour and a half. We get there. Um, it's in 1720, which is this kind of converted warehouse style venue. Um, very low key. You know, they literally just put like a stage in it. Um, and, and a bar, of course, because they got to sell their $13 beers. And then, you know, it's kind of in a, I, I don't want to say seedy, but like you, you wouldn't want to leave your car around in this area yeah, of LA. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but, but they have like security or whatever. They, that literally just tells you where to park and then watches your car while you're in the venue. So it's, it's pretty chill. So I get up mm -hmm. um, to the front. And the guy's like, hey, can I see your ID? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And you know, pull out my driver's license. He's like, great. Can I see your uh, proof of vaccination? And I'm like, uh, and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, uh, so I have it. Uh, you know, obviously I've been vaccinated, but it's in my backpack, which is in San Diego. I am not in San Diego. I'm in LA. So I'm like, uh, and he's like, you know, a picture of it works just fine. I'm like, okay and i'm like uh <laughs> like, oh I, no i i do not know if i have a picture of it and so i'm like thinking okay who like like how do i get a picture of my vaccine card one option is i can get one of my roommates to take a picture of it for me um, if they find it, that is. If they find it. I, I mean, I know basically exactly where it is. So I could probably eventually direct someone to it if I get on the phone with them. Here's the right. problem. Um, I don't have any of my roommates' contact information because I just moved in. Right? So oh, I, I yeah. do not know them yet, unfortunately. And so I'm like, I literally don't know anyone who can get into this dorm. Unless I, like, call someone I know have them go to the dorm, knock on the door, have them explain to my new roommates who do not know me yet that they are there for me, going inside the dorm, going to my backpack, taking a picture of it, and sending it to this. I'm just like, I, I don't know if I can do this. And so instead, I have a different idea. The idea is go onto Discord and search from Aaron has image vaccine. You know, I'm just looking for, like, maybe I sent my vaccine card at some point, you know, like, to my friends or something. Yeah. In, like, a casual context. Oh. So, I'm, I'm like, look, look, looking for it. Zero results. Ah, crud. So, uh, I have to figure out something. Um, oh, so then I try searching, from Aaron, has image, contains the word chipped, one result. <laughs> Ooh. No so way. I, ha I have the picture of my vaccine card, and I'm like, Yes. Perfect. But it only has the first dose on it because I took the picture after my first dose, but not after my second one. And I'm, but, but yeah. then I think about it and I'm like, is this guy going to notice 
you know, he probably doesn't get paid enough to notice. Like, just play it cool. Play it cool. So I go through the the checkpoint again. Here's my ID. Here's my vaccine card. I have my vaccine card super zoomed out. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Can, can barely make it out. He's, he, like, kind of squints at me for a second. He's like, all right, fine. So he lets me in. Great. Perfect. Beautiful. All right, we're in. Uh, only we're not in because the next checkpoint is the ticket checkpoint. And I'm like, okay, let me let me pull up my ticket. So my friend goes into his email, pulls up his ticket, and goes in. Great. Um, I pull up my email, cannot find it. Cannot find my ticket for the life of me. I finally find a statement from two years ago saying that I purchased one. But then I also find a statement saying that I was refunded for my purchase. Uh-oh. And so I'm like, wait. So I don't have a ticket to this event? You're there for free? Well, no. <laughs> like, my ticket is invalid. Like, it doesn't work, is what I would guess. I didn't try it. But also, like, I think I think I was just refunded for it. So I'm just like, I literally do not have a ticket to this. Um, so I pull up my browser, and I, I, I go to buy a ticket for this. Because they're still on sale. They're, they're just not totally sold out yet. So, But I'm, like, frantically trying to purchase a ticket. People are like going into the venue around me and I'm like trying to buy a ticket on my phone. <laughs> and my, my, my mobile internet barely works. Um, I try my first credit card, it bounces. I try my second credit card, it bounces. I try my third credit card, it bounces. I go back to trying my first credit card and it works again. So, huh? you know, whatever, just free anxiety. No, no particular reason. Sure. Um, okay. so, so I get my ticket. I walk in, they don't check it. They do not check my ticket. Uh, <laughs> oh. You know, and it's, it's just like 20 bucks, but like, come on. <laughs> just miserable. Uh, so, just so much stress for no reason. I get in, I get into this stupid, stupid venue. Um, it's great. I have a great time. Um, it's like four, four and a half hours of music kind of. So it's, it's, I'm glad. Yeah, it's pretty worth it. Um, three hours in, three hours in, George is on stage. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the headliner. And yeah. I'm getting wet. Like, I, I'm getting splashed with something. I'm getting splashed with something. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm getting splashed with, like, someone's $18 white claw or something, you know. So I'm looking sure. around. I, I'm doesn't look like it. Um, I look up on stage because maybe, maybe George is splashing the audience because, um, he does that. He, he keeps like a Costco case of Kirkland signature water bottles on stage. And then when he's thirsty, he'll open the water bottle, drink three sips, and then squirt the rest of it on the audience. Uh, okay, sure. And you know, he, he got me a couple times, but he didn't happen to be squirting me at that exact moment. Um, so sure. I was, I was getting very wet for some reason and I couldn't figure out what was getting, it was like big drops, big, like drips. And so finally I look up and the entire ceiling of the venue is just soaking wet and dripping onto the audience because this venue is a converted warehouse. It has no proper ventilation. Mm. It is essentially 100% humidity in this venue. And everyone's sweat has condensated onto the ceiling. And is now dripping back down onto the audience. (laughs) So great. So uh, okay. that, that was my uh, concert experience from this past week. Uh, I, again, great time. Had a wonderful time. Honestly, would go again. Just maybe not that venue. I think it, it's strictly open air concerts from here on out for me. I, um, I, so I, so I got back. Yeah, no, I got back. I took um, two showers and a COVID test and uh, I made a full recovery. But yeah, that was, <laughs> okay. that was my uh, time. 
I'm grossed out by so many things there. I'm grossed out by so many things there. Like, (laughs) uh, like the unhygienic nature of the entire situation. Just look, it was it was very drinking water and squirting saliva all over you. I'm sure. Okay, I'm sure the sweat was distilled, considering this is an unventilated, humidified warehouse filled with probably like at least a hundred people. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Was I right? Yeah, at least a hundred people sweating buckets and causing so much heat that probably like you don't even notice how insane it is. So yeah, I mean totally. But damn, ugh, ooh. Okay, I'm not gonna think about that too much. But I, I mean honestly, like that that is funny. Like the amount of insane stuff you have to do and like hoops to get through. And also, it says a lot about the venue security, doesn't it? You got in there with no ticket, essentially. Not even a full like dose schedule of the COVID vaccine, like you know, like according to your documentation, anyway. So yeah, like, yes. Just just go in, have fun. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, you're negative now, so we're good, right? Uh, yes, I think so. I did just get off a Southwest flight, so after I'm done with mm. recording this, I'm gonna go grab a COVID test. Get another one. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. nice. Um, but it it is good. It, it brings a little bit of confidence that um, most of these venues for like concerts do require vaccination. Yes, yeah, um, that's, nice. that's nice. It is very nice, you know, because especially you know, like <laughs> this may come as a shock to people, but uh, the vaccine is very effective. It works very very well. Um, the pandemic is mostly a pandemic of the unvaccinated, something like 90% of all people with COVID are unvaccinated or something like that, like just by mm-hmm. a vast majority. So, you know, when you go to a little venue like this, just the simple guarantee of like everyone there is vaccinated or like you go to a school like UCSD and you have this simple guarantee that everyone is vaccinated. You're that also pre- is recommended to have the booster. Yes. You are pretty dang safe. You like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're pretty good. Um, so I, you know, I feel lucky every day. Haven't had COVID yet. You don't wish that on anyone really. Let's be honest. No, no. The worst part is the loss of taste. I don't think I could ever recover from that. That's like my reason for living is food. So <laughs> yeah, there, there's actually right. a, there's a Kazurgastat video that came out like a week ago or whatever about, um, beef. Well, specifically, it's about whether or not meat is uh, meat is uh, ecologically damaging. And, but basically, it starts with the sentence like, no human activity is more essential to life and universally enjoyed than eating. Um, I think I could like mount that on my wall. I, I, th- I, I think those you are should. the words. Those are the words I live by, if nothing else. <laughs> you really should. I mean, it says a lot that the way to any college student's heart is free food. So, you know, literally, literally any food that is a dining hall food. That's the weight of my heart. (laughs) Yo, nice. You know, like basically just like roasting our entire dining hall episode. Like, you know, there's a tier list in there, but it's basically all left here. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) In the in the grand scheme of things, it's not my first choice, Um, but I'll live. Yeah, mine. Mine neither. Mine neither. Anyways, sir. Tell me about the Balmer Peak. Ah, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so the, the Balmer Peak is real. Now, okay, so let me let me just give you some context here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Balmer Peak is a joke from an XKCD comic that refers to a particular Microsoft person. Uh, if you don't know who, I think Steve Ballmer. I'm yes. pretty sure it's Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Steve Ballmer is basically uh, was for a while the CEO of Microsoft from I think like the 2000s to like now or whatever or something like that and he was like one of the main people who like sort of advocated for Windows NT and stuff and the Bomber Peak is jokingly named by the XKCD comic as the exact amount of blood alcohol concentration required to be able to obtain unbelievably good programming skills uh, I think it was something like 0.016, something like that. Yes. Which, by the way, if you really must know what it means, it means very slightly over the edge of tipsy. Yes. Uh, and 
the joke was that like apparently Windows like the original Windows NT was written on the Volmer Peak and then Windows Me was written off of it and like the joke <laughs> is haha like a like like at Volmer not getting people drunk at Microsoft and writing terrible code anyway the joke <laughs> really it, really the thing is that I found that that like comic to be. I would say inspirational in the worst possible way. So <laughs> yes, when I turned the endless pursuit of the Balmer Peak. So when I turned eighteen, uh, back in Romania, where it is actually legal to drink at the age of eighteen, I tried to experiment with the Balmer Peak. Now the way I had to do it was, I realized, look, I'm gonna, I have this like gigantic, stupid project I have to write. It is over-engineered. I already fit the requirements that are given by the the school for me to write this thing, but I'm just gonna over-engineer the hell out of this so that I get to like put it on my resume or something because you know I came out of high school with not that much on my resume, you know. So I said, you know what, let's go. So I I take just about the right amount of like wine to get to the point zero one six, and then I start coding, and I just start coding i start coding i don't stop and I, it just all the ideas come flowing to me and i realize no way this is real there's no way this actually works and then i actually knock out the entire thing over the course of seven hours Holy which crap. was it was literally a whole backend like straight up whole backend with an api written in java because that was the right language i was forced to use like straight up end to finish the whole thing and i was insane like i was amazed like this did, this is not possible so then anyway, I came to the U.S. and I was uh, uh, gatekeeped out of the Balmer Peak. Still am. So I'm sad. not 21 yet. And, oh. But during this Thanksgiving holiday, I was sitting there at my friend's family house. I was chilling, you know, watching TV. And I remembered, I remembered that I had code to write. And I remembered, gee, do I remember the days of the Balmer Peak. And I sit down at the dining room table and I pull out my computer and I start coding and I figure, you know what? I may not have wine, but I do have coffee. So I get a cup of coffee, <laughs> just one, just the one. Yeah. I drink it, I sit down and I focus on the Balmer Peak. I focus on that chase, the high <laughs> that I've never reached again. Actually, I reached it a couple of times, but you know, like that high that I used to have, you know, like, the, the, you know how like, I'm like, like, like shaking for it, you know, and I start yeah. coding and I start coding. And I don't stop again. And I'm like, yes, yes, I need it. I, I wish it came back. And literally in two hours, I write like this extremely tedious and convoluted pipeline for ACM board. Uh, I can't exactly say what it is yet because it's not released, but basically yes. it's like this thing. It's basically designed to make it easier to do certain internal board tasks. But I literally knocked the whole thing out in two hours. And I was so happy with how it turned out. I knocked out literally, like I was amazed at the amount of tasks I pulled out. I finished like the main business logic. I finished the wrapping around the business logic. I finished the documentation, like the readmes for the thing. And I also commented every single thing in the code base as well, which I love to do. And I just went all around fixing everything up. It was beautiful. And then I said, holy crap, I finished the whole thing straight up in like three hours because uh, there are some other housekeeping tasks I had to do. And then I look around and I realize, oh no, I drank coffee at 10 p.m. Uh -oh. This was a bad idea, but anyway, my like at this point, like my family friends, you know, they're not like, they're they're not youngins, college students like me that are like night owls or you know like able to sleep after midnight. So they just go to bed, and I'm sitting there in the dark, waiting for the coffee to fade. But then I I just sit there, and I look at my computer, and you know I realize you know what I'm happy because the Bulmer Peak is real. It is. And I'm just, I'm just gonna, like, I just need, like, I need to turn 21 so that I have that day where I'm like, I don't wanna code at all. Like, I have so many projects, but I just don't wanna code for them at all. And I just wanna, like, have the option to <laughs> ride the Bulmer Peak. You know, like, I don't want, need it. I don't want it all the time, but I just want that, like, small period of time where I know that I can do this. I know that I can just write like a monkey for three to four hours and knock this thing out and it will probably be good enough. That's, I need that back in my life. I need to stop overthinking. And honestly, the Balmer Peak helps with that so much. <laughs> but you know, we, you know, one day eventually I'll get to it. 
Do you, do you think uh, do you think this is a sound strategy for everyone, or is this is this not for everyone? Oh no way, nah, no way. I, I don't believe this, and I, I'm ninety percent sure it's placebo anyway, because <laughs> it makes no sense, right? Like, okay, the only thing that it would make sense for is that technically alcohol does dehydrate you, which triggers adrenaline in your body, which I guess makes you laser focused. So I guess technically there is some biological basis to the Bomber huh. Peak, but. I don't believe that anyone has like this ability to hit that 0.016 perfectly, nor do I believe that anyone like will benefit from associating working extremely well with drinking alcohol. Do not do that. Believe me, it's a terrible idea. I just did it for fun. And honestly, it might just be like placebo in the extent that me thinking about the Bulmer Peak is like a trigger for my brain of going like, <laughs> I'm mean, going to work insanely, right? You, so you, you demonstrated that just thinking about the Bulmer Peak is enough to get you. Yeah, I know. Like demonstrably, it's a placebo effect, but it's so powerful. Like, it is <laughs> no, there, there's no way it's not real. I don't care. And honestly, like it's <laughs> like I've had so many days, right? Where like, I don't want to code, right? And I had the option of coffee and stuff, but clearly it's the Bomber Peak that actually does the job, right? Like it's not like coffee or like the drink or something. It's just thinking about it, just chasing that high. That's all I need. Yes. Um, I also have a tiny bit of experience with this. I've also, in a, in a highly uh, non-scientific experiment, verified that there is something to this. And I have my own game theory as to kind of how it works or why it might be useful for particular people. Um, for my startup, we had a demo to do at like 10 in the morning or something for some guy from Google. Like it, it was kind of a big deal. And the problem is, is uh, it wasn't finished uh, like at all. So, uh oh, yeah, basically all the, all the backend was done um, and all the components were done, but the hardest phase, which is integration, was left, which is connecting everything and making sure state is, like, closed and nothing, everything just kind of works. Um, mm -hmm. That everything kind of just works step is always that last oft-forgotten step that happens at the end yeah. of development when your, your components are done, but you, you need to connect them. Um, and it generally cannot be done by someone with, very little experience because whoever does it needs to basically fully understand everything and be fairly proficient. So, um, I sit down, it's 12, like as in midnight. Um, that's when I'm starting this. I have roughly eight hours, uh, before the demo, nothing works. Um, so I'm, I'm, st I'm starting off my evening and I decide to grab a coffee and I find we're out of coffee, which oh, is not no. good because I need to pull this all nighter. People are riding on me and I like I want to give up, which means I need coffee to help me not do that. So yep. in, in absence of this, I decide to grab a seltzer instead. Disclaimer, I'm 21. Actually, I'm way older than 21. I don't want to talk about it. Moving on. I drink the seltzer. You're old, en you're old enough that it's not illegal. Yes, I am old enough. I am 20x where x is greater than or equal one. to 1. Yes. <laughs> I'm giving myself as much wiggle room as possible. Greater than or equal to. Who knows, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Right. You're 21. You're 21. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 21. Um, zero day. Today's my birthday, actually. Um, just like oh, nice. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so I, I drink the seltzer. I do, in fact, experience a realm of focus I have never been uh, oh, before. I, I do yes. an obscene amount of work. The peak. Uh, yeah, in the, in the amount of time I have. And I, I do finish, and basically everything kind of works just in time for the, uh, the demo. But um, one thing I also noticed is that I personally, like when I, when I work, um, I need something... Like, depending on what I'm doing, if I'm like doing kind of like boring work, I need a uh, distraction, but like mild distraction, like music basically is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But like peak work for me isn't being 
enveloped in music. It's to have something in the background that I recognize and can kind of filter out. So it has to be music that I already know, um, because if I don't know it, it's too stimulating, right? If I mm -hmm. already know the music, then it's just the right amount of stimulation. But then having the headphones on my head is also too stimulating. So I take off my headphones and they're sitting on my desk, but they're still playing and I can faintly hear the music in the background. And that is like the perfect amount of stimulation for me that it like focuses me um, mm -hmm. for some reason, for some reason. Sure. And I find that with the, with, with the Balmer peak, when I am ever so slightly inebriated, I, it, it's, it's kind of, I feel like it acts as that kind of faint stimulation where I don't need music. I don't need, you know, any kind of like faint distraction. The booze kind of limits my mental capacity such that I'm only capable of focusing, focusing on one thing on Yes. Um, but, you know, that's also probably just BS. <laughs> no, it totally is. It has nothing to do with that, I'm sure. To me, I think it's more... If anything, I think the only thing it would do for me, if it even were remotely real, was take me over that area of overthinking that makes me spend time writing overly designed code, you yeah. know, like trying to find the perfect code to write. It just goes like in the back of my brain and goes, what are you doing, man? Just do this. Like, don't worry about it. You got this. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. And then I just <laughs> keep going. Like, cause honestly, now looking back at the code, like it's not perfect, but it is pretty damn good. Like basically imagine me trying to convert two horribly mapped and non-linked types of databases together with uh, different APIs, but that's not really the issue here. But essentially I have to link two different kinds of bases and I basically have to do data sanitization and validation. And the code essentially contains, the types in the code are literally unions of string literals everywhere. So like this variable for this yeah, thing that I'm yeah, transferring between the two databases can only be one of these strings by type like literally i am guaranteed that if this function constructs without a type error that literally this will like load properly like this is a valid uh, thing that i can script. put in the other oh it's if only we're strongly typed so that i had a compile like time guarantee but i don't so whatever but it was it, it was truly like it's jank it looks terrible but it is like it is the move it is the play so i'm good good lord huh yeah, I uh, I ran into, um, I I really like TypeScript, and I I've grown to appreciate it more because I've been teaching myself Rust this weekend, or I guess yes. this break. Um, tell which, me about Rust. Well, I can tell you about Rust. I know we're kind of nearing the end of our time here. Technically, no, we no, hit no, the no, hour no. Tell mark. me about. Okay. Tell me about Rust. You want me to tell you about Rust? Okay. Do you know? Yeah, Rust? that's it. And then we'll. I do. Oh, I, okay. I I I like. Rust. I, I like wouldn't Rust. say I love Rust, yeah. but Rust is definitely like, if I have to reach for embedded code or fast code, I'm going to go for Rust before C++ nowadays. Yes, that's good. That's its intended purpose, and I think it serves that well. Um, yep. It, it does show a little bit of signs of its age, which when it comes to system languages, like age is everything. Like literally that is the only reason someone will use your language is because it's old and has been used before generally, mm -hmm. unless it, unless it, you know, cause, cause Rust has been around for a while and it literally has so many advantages. It is inferior to C++ in basically zero ways. Um, but it's still not widely adopted because of the, the whole grandfather clause. Um, and, and that is so, so being old is like, the bare minimum you need in order to be a viable systems language. So Rust needs to be old, but it does show some signs of age. Like I, there are definitely aspects of it that I feel are done better in other languages. And especially like, I don't know the, the, the way it provides type safety with enums and match is feels very like rigid compared to how you deal with it in TypeScript, where you just have like, you can have a type and just be like, it could be one of these types, you know? And you can just kind of like mm -hmm. literally just or types together or and types together. And it, it's super yeah. easy to describe a compound type. Whereas in 
Rust, you have to do that via composition or by adding a new variant to your enums, which a lot of big words, um, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's a little bit more manual. Like the way that TypeScript does, um, I, I guess, uh, type, type narrowing is what they'll call it, where basically you can write in your function, this function could take in a string or a number. And if I write an if statement, if equals number return, then I know that like the, the compiler is very intelligent and will realize that anything after that, you can basically safely assume it's a string, right? I, I just think that's one of my favorite systems in any language. I think it's awesome. It is, it is a nature of uh, JavaScript. And yes. the, the, the reason why that's a good design choice and why you, like, you see it as a good design choice because it's not, type nearing should not be a thing that has to happen. You should you think still... So? I, I think, uh, no, the reason why it happens is because it's a necessity with JavaScript's functionality. What you're doing when you type narrow is literally what you would have done in JavaScript to begin with for type checking, but the, you do it in TypeScript because, well, it is still JavaScript, right? So it is a very good design choice because it effectively, you're still writing like JavaScript basically, but it simplifies your yeah, mental TypeScript is slapping load. your hand and telling yeah, you what to write. It's which is nice, right? Like it's definitely a very good check. I wouldn't say it's good that you have to do type narrowing. Like it's insane, right? Like why do I want to? Why do I always have to check whether like this thing is like undefined or what? Like why can it not deduce that from previous written code? Because you can't do that. For example, if a function returns, uh, like why can it not deduce that during a ternary statement if I assign something that returns string or undefined, and if I check to see whether it's undefined put some other value or put the original string, like why can it not check that? Because it does not really check that. It does not do type narrowing. It only checks that you wrote a predefined type guard, which is basically what you do in JavaScript anyway. But that's, you know, it's a different thing. Sure, sure. I, it just like feels... It's still, it's still really good. It's still really good. It's yes. just not overly intelligent. Sure, I've definitely run into cases like edge, edge cases where it doesn't quite know what I mean. Um, but IDEs nowadays will like also just correct you. They'll just be like, ah, you wrote is equal to undefined, but what you meant was this other thing that is actually understood by the compiler to be a valid type card. Um, and there are advantages to, you know, Rust's system where like, if you basically want to have union types, there's a way to do it, but it's very mm -hmm. rigid and you have to fully define your types and then also fully define um, the different cases and you have to be totally exhaustive, um, when you're, when you're writing your matches and, and dealing with those different enums, um, that has the advantage of like the structure is exactly the same. Like you, anytime you need to deal with this type, you are going to have the same code people, you know, it's idiomatic, which is very easy yep. for people that are in the domain to read and write. Um, but of course, you know, Rust is definitely a unique language. Like it has a lot of unique systems um, and also unique terminology. So mm -hmm. it, it, it does require some getting used to. Like you, you have to be in that Rust mindset to really be good at it. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's worth it. Um, it definitely is. And I, I will say that Rust is like a very safe choice for a lot of things. Like you could very safely do everything you want in Rust because it's so, so loved. Like literally the only reason, like anything that C++ can do, you can do in Rust. And if you want to do web tech stuff, you can use Rust as a backend because the community loves it so much that they wrote a ton of packages over top of it to make hey, it easy to write web servers in it. Did you, so you, did you know the, the leading language for writing um, yes, I know it's WebAssembly. Uh, writing yeah, WebAssembly front ends is Rust. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's the most it's the most loved language on Stack Overflow. You know, like it's going to be used in the most in all situations possible, whether yes. it be anything. Really. I'm I'm very so, yeah, excited like, for um, when I'm writing my full stack web app in Rust. Yes, you know uh, you jo you joke. You joke, it, but it basically, it reaches better performance and memory guarantees than writing like a full stack in JavaScript, which is already happening. Like there's this thing, Blitz.js, 
which is 17 layers of abstractions over original JavaScript in both the Node.js environment and the front-end environment. But basically, it's a full stack generator. Like, it generates a full-on API for models and, like, routes, and it generates the front-end middleware and the back-end and the validators in between them and everything. Like, it's so insanely, like, overly abstracted. Imagine having that, but in Rust. Yeah, I think that's valid, though, because honestly, a lot of web dev work is exactly the same and or to be more precise, would benefit from being exactly the same. Right. Consistency oh, yeah. is nice uh, yep. because honestly, you don't need flexibility when you're developing a web app. People think you do, but you don't. You can do anything that a modern web app can do with like, you know, a stupid REST API. You know, it's like. One of the one of the only arguments I ever heard for like building uh, Ruby on Rails apps was that yeah it's very on Rails like every Rails app is exactly the same, and that's why it's very yep. easy because you know there's one way to do things and that's a lot easier than fifteen different ways to do things. It's a lot easier to work on. Um, uh, it's it's more of the it's more of the look. All you're doing is taking data from A and moving it to B. That's all you're doing. You're not doing anything weird. You're not doing anything complex. This is all you're doing. Please yes. stop over-engineering. This is how you do it. Now do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I've also experimented with doing some higher level abstractions. Like, you know, like literally just making like a schema and then just it's mm -hmm. it, it spits out an API. Um, it's one of the one of the better ways <laughs> to write an API I've found because otherwise you have a lot of duplication. Anyways, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we finished up. This episode was kind of all over the place. We talked about a concert that I went to. We talked about booze. We talked about finals. <laughs> we talked about all the things that, um, you know, a college student should talk about. Um, we even threw in some nerdy stuff at the end. So, I hope you all enjoyed this week's special episode. So, this will probably be, well, hopefully, it'll be the last episode of the quarter. Um, I'm going to go off on a limb and say we're probably not going to record over over break. Um, we also nope. have yet to determine if we're going to record during the winter. Uh, if this ends up being the, uh, the last episode of the year, which it probably will be, um, I'd just like to thank you all for listening. It's been a wonderful ride, and hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we do. Matei, do you want to do the outro? Sure. If you like the show, come tell us. Visit acrnl.com slash podcast and leave us a voice message because... Maybe we get to see you next year on the podcast. If you talk, we will put you in, maybe, if you want to. But if not, you can shoot us a message on the official ACM Discord. We'll answer your questions. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a good fall quarter. Good luck on finals. And maybe we'll see you next year. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.